0: All right. Welcome back. It is Wednesday, November 17th, and we have more stuff to talk about today than I think we have physically time for. So we're going to do the best we can. And the first thing I want to start out with is that I saw a Hertz ad over the weekend with Tom Brady in it. And all I could think of was, how the heck do they have this money? They don't have money. They spent all that money on the Teslas that they didn't actually negotiate the contract for. Now they have Tom Brady on an ad. Tom Brady's not cheap. He is. I, I know that. He's definitely not cheap. I have no idea where their money comes from.
1: So this ad came out, if I remember right, prior to them like to the like they kicked it out prior to Elon coming out and saying, like, hey, like we really don't have a deal because I remember seeing it on like Hulu, like a day or two after they said that like, Oh, we've got a deal and then Elon came back a day or two later and was like, eh, hey, I don't know.
0: Is it the one where he like he, he they're like, Oh, we got Tom Brady over there recharging and he's got the perch thing plugged into his chest? Yes. Yeah, that one's really funny, and Elon plugs and he's like, All right, see you next week. <laughs> I thought it was great, but I so, yeah, you're right. It was probably before they spent all the money that they didn't actually spend that they don't have. <laughs> Either way, it's always fun to keep up with hurts. So, okay, and then the next thing I wanted to do for intro, we're going to do quick intro stuff, is I want to do the tweet of the week. I found something really funny. So, as a girl tweeted, due to inflation, uh, five foot ten inches is now six foot. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> and the people under it were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was all the short guys. <laughs>
2: That helps me out, man. Yeah, bump, bump me up a couple inches. All right. Is that Dollar put business? Yeah,
0: does that put me at 6'2", six, 6'3"? Six, that would be awesome. I'd love that. <laughs> I
2: think that puts me right at 6 feet. Yeah, I'll
0: take man. it. If, if that's how inflation works, I'm all for it. <laughs> oh, well. All right. And then the next one we we'll move on is that the United Nations of Food, or whatever the heck they're calling themselves, they came back with their actual physical plan for how that $6.6 6 billion they demanded from the billionaires uh, was going to be spent. And they used some really—they some language that I really didn't like. They totally changed their tone. Matt, I know you actually read the plan. I did not. But in the original pitching of the plan, they said, all right, we're going to use this money to, quote, avert famine in 2022. And that's not at all how it was originally quoted. The original was super broad. It was with $6.6 billion, we could, quote, end hunger, which is a massive statement. And I think that's why everyone jumped all over it and was like, you idiots. There's no way to do that. It's just the macroeconomics and the microeconomics don't make sense. But Matt, you kind of read it, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I kind of dove into it a little bit today. And I think it was mainly that like, yeah, their new thing that they said was that basically they're going to prevent 42 million people dying of starvation by 2022, which is still a big thing. But in the past, I think there was a lot of people that kind of dove into it and misconstrued what they were saying. And that's where it came out to be that like they were going to end world hunger with six billion. I'm not exactly sure that they came out with a loaded statement that they were going to be able to do it that uh, with that amount, but I wasn't really able to find out uh, if they were if that's what they truly said.
0: Well, either way, I know we're all, we're all waited with, ba- waiting with waiting with bated breath to see what Elon Musk says. So hopefully by Friday we'll have a full report on that goodness. I think that'll be really fun. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be good <laughs> to see what he says. He's I man. He's been on a tear recently. Did you see him in the Bernie Sanders thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's worth repeating on air, but it's just... Oh, God, what a mess. I can't believe the world we live in right now. It's unbelievable. But, okay, so we'll dive in. We're going to start with tech. We got a lot to knock out. So the first one I want to start with is that there's been a massive push for big anti-drunk driving technology. And I I believe the goal set was 2026. I I think it's like a federal legisl it's something governmental they're trying to push through to make it into law that the big car companies are going to have to do this by 2026 and i always think cases like this are incredibly interesting absolutely fascinating where do we draw the line on privacy this is not more of an economic issue it's kind of more of like a human life issue because I, I think pretty much everyone on the planet can look at it and say all right you have no excuse to ever have 10 like body 10 beers and then get in the car, drive home and accidentally kill somebody. You have no excuse. We have Uber, Lyft, we have all these systems. You have, you have a cell phone that could literally reach anyone on the planet whenever you want, however you want. You have access to funds through your phone, so you have no excuse to say, I didn't have cash for a cab, anything like that. So you now have no excuse. It's an issue we're all united against. But at what point do we say, all right, you're reporting everything about my life back to a company and I now have no freedom. It's very interesting. Yeah, the the, the big breath I heard.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was was like, man, where do you even start with this? You don't have
0: to go into it. I just think it's, I think it's interesting. I wanted to bring it up.
2: Yeah, it's definitely interesting to touch on, and you know, there's going to be pushback, and it's just, I, I feel like it's going to be one of those things that ends up becoming very political, and you're going to have people on either side of the aisle that are willing to, you know, die on a hill for it as either you're, you're taking away my privacy and my rights. And then you're going to have the other side of the aisle saying, uh, well, we can avoid X amount of deaths if we just do this. So why does it matter?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The privacy crowd has been really loud recently. So that's what I'm kind of worried about, but I know we're usually on the side of technology makes your life better. And I'm, I'm of the opinion that it does. Uh, my car doesn't have a lot of technology in it. It's not an old car by any means, but it's pretty simple and it listens to you whenever you tell it to do something. So I'm wondering at what point do the cars kind of turn more into computers that work like phones? I, I know Teslas are basically that way now. Like, you're, you're driving a computer, not really a car. So I, I think that's going to be the big transition. But we're going to do car news later.
1: So yep. my curious thing, though, was that, like, so, like, there's lots of cars. If you get a DUI, they put a breathalyzer in your car and you just blow into it prior right. to getting on the road. Yeah, it's not And that now. doesn't violate any privacy. And it's not a huge task. I don't see that as being an issue. But like they threw out from, I read an article about this where like, there was like all these different ideas of how they do it. One would track how you're driving on the road and other might have a camera in the car, like how they'd figure out that you're driving drunk.
0: Right. The only difference I see is that that is installed post conviction, not prior. So it's the innocent until proven guilty or guilty until proven innocent argument. But I don't know if we need, I I don't think we need to go any further into this. I just, it's worth bringing up to put on your mind. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, it's gonna get moral and stuff, but okay. Another fun one. Have you guys heard of Flippy? <clears throat> no, I
2: have not you. Oh, have... Wait, I think I have. Is that the thing that flips burgers automatically?
0: Yep. And Matt, you've definitely heard. You've you've yeah. been to you've been to a restaurant that has a Flippy because we went there together.
1: Yes, I, I just didn't know it by that name.
0: Yeah, so it's the it's the robotic arm that flips the burgers and does the fries and all that. And so Buffalo Wild Wings announced a giant partnership with Flippy. I don't know how much they invested into it, but. This comes pretty hot off the heels of that they're, they're not able to find staff to run the restaurants And if they can't run the restaurants, they can't make money If they can't make money, they shut down So what they did is they basically shoveled out A massive chunk of change to this private company Hoping that it was going to fix all their problems And I think it could I think that's one of the futures So <clears throat> this kind of applies to Like uh, Starbucks we did last week I think uh, Robo baristas are near and dear In the future
2: I think you got to go that way. Definitely. I mean, I know we went in depth about Starbucks and our gripes with it last week and, and our gripes with Duncan and all that. Yeah. But it it, it hits the <laughs> point where economically it makes both economically and just for the convenience and flow of your company. If you're a franchisee operating a business, it just makes more sense.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it, <sighs> You think in a perfect world, it would make everyone's lives easier because if you don't have to pay the people to do it, that should drive the cost of the products down so that everyone can have the product for way cheaper, which might fix the problem we have with the chicken wing shortage because, God, they're so expensive these days. Oh, it just keeps going up. It's ridiculous.
2: That's what, <clears throat> the only thing, just to play devil's advocate here, is I was thinking, I don't, I don't know how much product costs would change because you're just replacing, obviously, the cost of human capital is the most expensive thing. Sure. It it's, it is, but then you're going to have to pay to replace machine parts when they go bad, get the machine service. So, I mean, you're going to have a little bit of cost for upkeep here and there. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah.
0: Oh, well worth mentioning. Okay. I know we're going through these pretty quick, but I think they're smaller topics. So I don't think it's that bad. We have a couple of really big ones that we'll really get into. I know we've gotten some gripes about not going deep enough into stuff, but I think the small ones are worth glossing over. So, I got another small one for you, and then we have a really good one. NVIDIA, which is a fairly large company, they're pitching what they're calling the Omniverse, and I think it's only worth mentioning because it's just another company kind of capitalizing on the shock factor of pitching such a large idea. I don't think it has any ground. I don't think it has any teeth. No idea. Uh, Zuckerberg's going to beat the crap out of anyone that competes with him on the Metaverse type of thing, which is already ridiculous kind of in the first place, but... I, it's funny to see the company, the other tech companies, already trying to cash in on that kind of popularity.
2: Yeah, I think they so. just threw verse at the end of a word and and you know thought it would catch traction and generate money, kind of how we went into a gripe about companies throwing I at the beginning of the word for the whole entire 2000s and 2010s. Oh, yeah. For the whole 2020s, are we just going to throw a verse at the end of words? I, I would think... I mean,
0: we've done this before because in the last year or so, it was all about if you threw crypto on something, it immediately caught traction and everyone wanted a piece of it until they realized that most of them had nothing behind them.
2: Mm-hmm. Just like... I, I'm going to agree with you on this prediction, too. I doubt there's much behind the Omniverse. Nah. I don't even understand where you're going with that.
0: It doesn't make any sense. Their their whole concept was that it's, it's going to be similar to virtual reality or augmented reality or the metaverse, any of those concepts, except that it's going to be ever-present and always interactable. It's like what something like Pokemon Go wanted to be in the first place, where you could whip it out and look around and see a different world and different interactable stuff. We at the end of the day don't. I don't think we really want that. I don't think we like that. I, I firmly do believe that we like the virtual reality and the augmented reality stuff in private. I don't think we like it in public. That's my theory. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat is scratchy. The cold weather is kicking my butt.
2: No, nope, totally understandable. <clears throat> I'm dying up here as well. God, but um, no, I, I agree. I think they almost just made up a word, attached their company's name to that word. And then they just hope they figure it out along the way and somehow get some money from it.
0: Yep. Speaking of the eye products, the iPhones and such, uh, I can't. I don't remember if I put this down or if someone else did on our sheet. <clears throat> it says Huawei, which they make phones and they're a Chinese company. They also run TikTok, which is the largest social media app on the planet. Uh, they're planning to sell their phones under different Chinese companies to get around the U.S. sanctions. Did one of you guys do that? Or was that me and I'm just totally missing it? That was me. Okay, perfect. Go for it.
1: So basically, like they've been under sanctions by the US for a while because they, it kind of invade privacy, which yeah. is bad, and they want to play ball with the US. So, but anyways, they haven't been able to sell their phones, but they arguably make the coolest phones out there. They have the newest tech. When the foldable touchscreens and all that new stuff was coming out, Huawei was the ones leading the pack. They're the ones that are blowing Apple out of the water with tech consistently time after time, and it's interesting because we might finally get this tech in the United States, meaning we have someone that might arguably kick out an Android-based phone that's there to rival Apple, and I'm so happy about it.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be wonderful. I mean, so isn't there a big selling point similar to Apple in which all of their technology under one umbrella? Because, I mean, that's why I get an iPhone, because I have a MacBook, and I like that they can talk to each other,
1: Right. I'm not exactly <clears throat> sure, but I know, like, at least when you have an Android platform, I can put an Android platform on my computer, my PC, I can, like, you can pretty much download that type of stuff onto any non-Apple device. I mean, you might be able to run a computer within a computer on an Apple device to do that, but, like, you can connect Android devices and PCs and whatever else that's non-Apple related fairly easily compared to Apple, which is, like, it's just Apple. We can't connect with anything else. I can't put my computer with my phone and get text on it.
0: Yeah, that's true. I know, Joe, you've tried to explain that issue to me in the past. I am not a tech guy, so I always struggle with it.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm like you, John. I like to have all my stuff talk to each other. So I would have a hard time jumping ship from the Apple ecosystem just because I'm so ingrained in it. Yeah. And uh, and I like to have like I like it whenever you FaceTime me, my iPhone rings, but my iPad also rings so then I can answer on my iPad and then, you know, go from there. Yeah, that's
0: why we deal with the headache of Apple is they make our lives easier while also making it harder in other ways.
2: Yeah, they've become so ingrained in our culture. You know, believe me, I I love cool tech as much as the next guy. So if Huawei came out with some super cool phone, I would want to get in on it, believe me. But um, it'd be so hard for me to make the jump just because I would need to have iMessage group chats and FaceTime they would have to come with all of those or at least something that can integrate itself with the Apple version of those
0: I have one last comment because this is this is fun because TikTok had this issue too whenever it was in the U.S. and we were talking about banning TikTok because it was a Chinese company owned by Huawei which answers directly to the Chinese government they are under complete control of them i If someone tries to tell you elsewise, that's just not true. They are. They're run by a communist (laughs) country. They have to respond if they tell them to do something or report something. So the way they got around that is they they specifically broke off an American LLC called TikTok US. That was it. It's the same thing. It's just registered under a United States name. Uh, I believe it's incorporated like Delaware, like every other damn company in the US. So that's all they do. And I, I mean... I guess there's other ways to get around it, but that's probably the simplest way. And I'd be surprised if they don't do that here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, we can move on from that one if you guys are ready. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Cool. So this is this is an interesting one. Uh, the state of Ohio, like like the state, sued Meta, which formerly known as Facebook, and so they sued them on the grounds that their product is actively ruining the livelihood of their children, something or other. I I didn't really read too far into it, but I have a theory on it. I actually just think the state of Ohio is trying to get as much attention as possible because they've been on this massive kick recently. This whole, uh, it's like the tourism department, I guess. I see advertisements everywhere, like bring jobs to Ohio, move to Ohio. And it's just Ohio. It's no other state that is trying to do this. They're going ham on the advertisements. And so I think, I literally think that this, this lawsuit just comes out of trying to get news so that people are like, oh, Ohio, maybe I'll move there. They sued Facebook. I, I, I actually think that that's possible.
2: That's fair. Let me let me ask you a question. Have you ever driven through the state of Ohio before?
0: No, I never have. I, you're the closest I've come to that in Pennsylvania.
2: It is just cornfields. Yeah, and I mean, that's what I thought. I live 20 minutes away from, like, I could be in Ohio in 20, 30 minutes. And as soon as you cross the state border, it's just nothing. Yeah, I mean, and, and then you get to Cleveland and then there's something. But then as soon as you leave Cleveland, you're just back to cornfields and nothing.
0: So you could say that you could go because you're a Cleveland Browns fan, but like, you know, that sucked up until maybe the last year and a half ago.
2: Yeah, that's what I got a really, I got a couple good buddies from Ohio uh, because they came to play football at the same school I played football at in college. But I always tease them and just let tell them that there is literally nothing in Ohio. Unless you're in Cincinnati or Cleveland, And then I guess you could make an argument for Youngstown. That's kind of like a second-rate city in Ohio. But other than that, there's literally nothing there. Columbus, maybe? I don't know.
0: I have a new slogan that they should be using. They should say, Ohio, I swear we're not as bad as you think. And that's all. Like That would get people maybe to have some attention there.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know what? A, A good thing Ohio did do recently, and I encourage everyone to look this up. It's a nice little... Uh, weekend getaway, if you, if you find yourself up in the Midwest slash Northeast, whatever you classify Ohio as, they made a beer hotel. Oh, wow. uh, it's owned by BrewDog. And the, it's, it's a hotel. You go and you stay the weekend or whatever. There are taps in the shower. There are taps in your hotel room. They brew <laughs> the beer right at the hotel. And all you do is drink all weekend long. It's called the beer hotel. Taps, in, brew dog.
0: taps in your shower.
2: <laughs> yep. There's taps in the shower. Okay. So if you wanted to get a shower and just guzzle beer out of a tap, you can do that.
0: I'm, I'm putting that in the show notes right now. You said beer dog.
2: Yeah, Brewdog, Brew Dog, B R E W, and then D O G. That's Brewdog who owns the
0: uh, hotel.
1: In I believe
2: Ohio. it's Columbus, Ohio, but I'm not positive.
1: Okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna look I it up. I like will link it in the show. You need to hit like a mandatory AA meeting after you leave <laughs> that place. Like, it, it, it that's not healthy. It's terrible. The way. I okay, I
0: I, I kind of want to go. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's on my to do list. I mean, obviously not this trip because. For listeners out there, John's making his way up to Pittsburgh here next week. We can't do that during family Thanksgiving time. But another trip, we will venture to the beer hotel. Well,
0: I'm thinking like you literally make a weekend out of it where you basically say, okay, I'm going to have the healthiest month of all time where you do a full cleanse. You spend an entire month getting ready for it. You do nothing but exercise twice a day. You eat vegetables, lean meats, rice. That's it. And then you get ready. And on this weekend, all you consume is like beer and steak. Like your it's goal is literally just to undo everything of that month.
2: <laughs> you're gonna need you're gonna need a whole year to recover from that. But ah,
0: man, that'd be so much fun. It's worth it. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't know that existed.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what the only reason I know is I've had a couple buddies that have gone, but uh but yeah, definitely on the bucket list to oh,
0: do. I love it. Okay, so next one we have up is interesting. We're taking a little bit of a sci-fi turn here. Apparently, space trash is a huge problem. And we really haven't like actually been playing around in space that long. So I, I can't believe we've already messed up space. But we found a way to mess up space. So this <laughs> happened this week. The Russians blew up one of their satellites just because they could. I guess it was like a show of power or something like that. And pretty much the whole world was like, stop, don't do that, please. Because apparently the science works out too. Matt, maybe correct me here if I'm wrong because you're a science guy. Apparently a centimeter long fleck of paint in space can do as much damage as like a 50 foot long pole going at 70 miles an hour. I don't know. They had some physical breakdown of how much damage it could do. I don't understand how or why, because it's a fleck of paint, but space trash.
1: <laughs> so I read it as it was a fleck of paint, like you said, like an inch and mm-hmm. in square or whatever, but it's flying at like 22,000 miles an hour. Frequently. Oh, okay. All so right. That's the issue there. Yeah, but wouldn't it just and burn up? Same thing. As getting hit by a 555 or 550 pound ball going 60 miles an hour.
0: Jeez, I wonder how they did those conversions and how much time did they put towards this?
1: They got supercomputers.
0: Sure, but like you had to be some guy, some scientist was really bored one day, and he's like, "I'm gonna find out how much damage one theoretical centimeter fleck of paint could do in space traveling at 22,000 miles per hour." it's me i'm the board like i would do that
1: <laughs> it's fairly simple math i mean they probably just have some sort of equation where they can plug in like mass and velocity and then mass and velocity on the other side and equal them out
0: okay well ruin my fun why don't you
1: come on you're the numbers
0: man you went in business school yes but science numbers are different as i try to tell people that business numbers are different too it's just physics numbers <laughs> yeah i hate physics numbers they don't make any sense to me <laughs>
1: And the finance numbers don't make sense to me. That's why we're both here on this.
0: Yeah, that's why we're that's why we're doing a partnership. And then Joey over there can do all the numbers.
1: Numbers, numbers, numbers. Yay. True. He does the zero and one numbers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. That's right. He only has to memorize two in just the order they go in.
2: Oh, uh, that's a headache. I'd, I'd prefer not to. Those are not fun numbers.
0: Yeah, give me business finance math. All right. Well, either way, Joey, you're up for the next one. and You got a deep dive for this one.
2: Yeah, this one. there's a lot here to unpack but i'll try to move through it as efficiently as possible because i'm sorry i'm getting annoyed by a cat right now
0: (laughs) um dog person myself
2: we've got some metaverse information here for everyone yeah and this comes it's a theory from sean puri if you don't know who he is he was the ceo of bebo that was the company that owned twitch the uh video game streaming platform uh before they sold twitch to amazon so selling Twitch to Amazon. He's, he's a very wealthy man, I would infer. Um, But he had a three part theory and, uh, and the whole basis of it is everyone is currently wrong about the metaverse. Most people think the metaverse is going to be a place. Think like the movie Ready Player One or virtual reality, a virtual world, think like Minecraft, Roblox, whatever virtual worlds you might think. Um, He argues it won't be a place. It'll be a time. Uh, So a moment in time where uh artificial intelligence becomes uh smarter than humans so the moment when artificial intelligence greater than human intelligence all right so now the metaphor the metaverse is the moment in time where our digital life is worth more to us than our physical life it's not going to happen overnight it's been happening gradually for the past 20 years and is going to continue to happen for the next 10 to 20 years So it's not going to be an invention by a Steve Jobs or a Jeff Bezos or anything like that. Um, But whenever you really break it down and think about this, every important part of our life has been going digital. So think work. We've gone from factories to laptops, boardrooms to Zoom rooms, Uh, friends. We've gone from neighbors to followers. Uh, Where do you find like-minded people? Congregating in a neighborhood or on Twitter and Reddit? Uh, Games, fun stat. More kids play Fortnite than basketball and football combined in the United States. I hate that. That's a shocker. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, Then identity. Think filters are the new makeup now. Uh, Stories are your personal billboard to broadcast who you are to the world. What matters more? What you look like on Instagram or what you look like lounging around your house at five o'clock in the afternoon? (laughs) Um, So Sean's theory is, you know, soon some company is going to make a pair of smart glasses that sit in front of our eyes all day. And this will cause us to go from what we are currently at, 50% of our attention being on screens, up to about 90% of our daily attention being on screens. And this is the moment in time where you can say the metaverse starts. And his whole reasoning is because our attention used to be 99% on our physical environment. Uh, We didn't pay attention to screens at all during the day. We were just aware of what was happening in real life. And then TVs came out and it dropped to 85% focus on physical environment, 15 on screens. Then computers dropped this down to 70% on physical environment, 30% on screens. Now we split it 50-50 with phones. So 50% of our attention is on a digital screen right now. Then 50% of our energy is on our digital life. Um, so his argument is once that goes to 90% because there's screens in front of our eyes on these glasses, that will be the metaverse. So that was his take. I thought it was interesting and unique. And, uh, and you know, I'm almost inclined to to see where he's coming from and agree with him.
0: Jeez, dude, I knew it was a deep dive, but that was a cannonball oh my gosh i'm I, I'm thinking about it. I've never thought of it that way, and that's a wild way of looking at it. I truly do hope he's wrong, but i <laughs> I'm also inclined to agree,
2: <laughs> yeah it, it was funny he said, you know is this a good thing or a bad thing and he and he kind of said what we always talk about on this show it's neither it's just a thing it's technology it's it's what's it's not what you can't say it's gonna happen, but it's what we are inclined to believe is where we are headed. It's
0: kind of tough to think about right now, but the trends are correct in which the more the more of this as that has been invented, the more we've adopted it slowly but surely under our noses. So do you guys keep track of how much time you spend on your phones? Do you get like the report every week?
2: I do I, I think I'm around four hours a day on the phone somehow
0: Yep, I'm, I'm around the same and I, I always counted a massive success if I get the report back and it's like you did like two hours and 50 minutes on average you're down 30% something like that like that feels really good that you went down and it's weird that we have to track this kind of thing now and we have to feel good about not being as attached to it as possible That's that's something I don't think we would have predicted 50 years ago
2: yeah. And it's crazy whenever I thought about this a while ago, how much of my day is spent looking at a screen. Yeah. I wake up at 7am, get in the shower and I have to be on my first zoom meeting at 7 45am and I have to be on my computer at seven 30. So I'm looking at a screen from seven 30 to 12. Uh, and then I take my lunch, but what do I do? Well, I take my lunch, look at another screen. I'm either looking at my phone, watching YouTube TV, back on the computer at twelve thirty until four o'clock, still looking at a screen. I log off at four o'clock. What do I do when I log off? Go look at another screen on TV yep. until I get ready to do my grad school or hop on here and record or work on other side projects. And I'm looking at another screen. Realistically, I look at a screen all day long.
0: Yeah, I think eye doctors are going to get really busy in the next 30 years.
2: <laughs> yeah, my eyes are already trashed.
0: So. We, yeah, we have a good yeah, friend who's no, going to be an trouble. eye doctor. He's going to be a busy, busy man. Jeez, I, yeah, I don't like thinking about it too much because it's a little sad and depressing. But at the same time, you have the opportunity to control your life and to use these tools the way you want to. I think about that a lot, and I think I think our generation's really bad about thinking about social media in a way that it isn't. Social media is a fantastic tool. I see a lot of guys who use it to scale their companies up and to get super successful, to generate a lot of money, and then they disappear off the face of the earth. That's a great tool and a great use for social media. It's I, I don't think it's a good place to live, and it falls a lot back to the state of Ohio suing Facebook for ruining kids' lives. I mean, it was a good it was a good timing to have these two articles meet
1: up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think there's going to become a big divide somewhere in here where we're going to have to choose, and I hope we choose right, between an augmented reality and a alternate reality. And by augmented, I mean, like we've got this zoom going on over the computer. Mm -hmm. I've augmented my office to be a boardroom where I'm uh, recording this with y'all. You also have glasses that could augment the reality that you're in the real world. But then you got things like social media, which are in a sense, an alternate reality. Most people on social media are not the same people they are in person. Yep. VR is not an alternate reality. It's all these places that you go and you're totally different than you are outside of the real world. And I'm really hoping we don't choose that as the priority over the augmented where we're just modifying our current environment to meet the new technological needs and advancements. I agree with that.
0: I think like the sci-fi fiction world has nailed it pretty well in the way that they portray it because I think it's our, our ideal way of looking at it in which like the, the most high tech thing you'd have is your table in your boardroom, would sink into the ground, you'd stand on it, and then you would appear as a hologram halfway across the world. And they would appear as a hologram in front of you, and you guys could talk to each other like you're in person. That's prime use of this kind of technology. Fantastic. You can have the most human interaction possible uh, with someone across the world that you wouldn't be able to do before. Now, if it's something like changing who you are uh, and to get somewhere and gain some kind of social clout, I, I think that's incredibly detrimental to honestly like human development even it's that's pretty it's pretty deep and pretty bad
2: Hmm. yeah who knows where we're gonna end up with all of this oh well I thought it was interesting because it's it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around the idea of the metaverse um because so many people are claiming to do it oh the metaverse is here now pay <laughs> me 50 bucks and create your avatar yeah the buzzword it's, yeah I, I don't think and I, I mean, I really don't think it's going to end up being a place. I mean, Zuckerberg might end up having a controlling stake, but I think he kind of sees this as the way the future too. And, and he's kind of, I think he's like trying to divert your attention to we're doing all this with Oculus. But if he can find a way to come out with, you know, the first pair of augmented reality glasses that integrate itself into our life, kind of like uh, Sean Puri is talking about, I mean, he Zuckerberg can find a way to make himself an integral part of every human's daily life, which is scary.
0: Yeah, and you're kind of stuck with him. So, the one thing I think, all right, fun aside and then we'll move on to next big set of topics. There's a in the Oculus which I've just been having so much fun with. There's a game called like Virtual Drunken Bar Fight something like that. <laughs> it is so much fun, and it's something that I would just never do in real life. I don't like fighting. I never have, probably never will, and I'd I would never get into a drunken bar fight if I could help it. But I'm sitting there on my headset, you know, you pound a virtual beer, everything gets kind of fuzzy around you and you just start throwing punches at these random people. And you're like, this is hilarious. This is something I would have never, I could never do in real life, but it's awesome here. So I, that's a happy use. Okay. You know what? That makes me happy. And I was, I was cackling for about an hour the other
1: night. <laughs> so thinking about this from like a therapeutic side, do we think it's a good idea to do things like that where like it could help people vent out frustrations yes or do we think yes or like we people have argued forever that video games just have about to go there I cause kids to be more violent and i think when you make it that virtual reality where they're actually first person in the place swinging the punches it really brings it a lot closer to that argument that video games could make people more violent yep. as a real argument
0: but that, that argument's been up No, it's been disproven so many times and I'm not, I guess I'm not a large enough case study for this, but I, Joey and I, we both have this, it's like a medieval fighting game and you know, it's, it's pretty kind of semi-realistic for virtual reality. You're, you're stabbing and shanking and blocking people and it is a blast. It's so much fun. And like, after you get out, you're like, wow, I feel better. I kind of like let loose right there and you just took it out on somebody who was coming at you. So nah, nah, I don't buy it. No way.
2: It's very therapeutic, and I highly recommend it to anyone out there. And but, It doesn't mean you have violent tendencies, but it's just like... Yeah,
0: we're also not violent people. We're both really pretty chill.
1: Yeah, pretty relaxed. But y'all are also full-grown adults with fully formed brains that, that are 20-something years old, yeah. whereas kids are a lot more impressionable. I mean, and I'm just thinking that. that that's going to be a major argument, at least in the medical research field, coming forward to see, like... Because with normal video games, you play as a character and you play along their storyline, whatever it may be even if you kind of customize them, it's not you. Whereas now you're going to be putting yourself in the role of the character that's doing these things, which plays a whole different role than cognition.
0: That's a good point for the, the child development thing. I didn't think about that. I'd argue that most video games, and especially most popular video games nowadays, are all pure multiplayer, where you design your own character around your own likeness, and you comp- it, it is constant competition against others trying to beat, win, and be the best, and purely promoting competition. I think promoting competition is a good thing, so maybe that's the silver lining.
1: Yeah, I think it makes people better to continue pushing forward and be trying to be better than other people. And, I, I and it teaches that you to lose. The it video games that we played growing up and continue to play aren't making kids more violent necessarily. Yep. But I think this could possibly change it. I'm sure there's not any data to uh, substantiate this claim yet, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, Do you remember when they added first person to Grand Theft Auto Five? I remember. The, the second they did that... I didn't ever
1: play Grand Theft Auto.
0: Oh my god, Grand Theft Auto is so much fun. And it's that that's one of those games that everyone's like, this is gonna make kids go out and rob people and kill people. And no, it doesn't. It's its just a goofy way of doing things, and it's a parody on life. So, the fir- they, and they released, like, a first-person mode for Grand Theft Auto, which means that you're right there in the... I mean, the, obviously, it's an older game, so it looks kind of silly now, but at that point in time, it was kind of real. And so, you know, you'd get there, and you'd literally pull someone out of their car and, like, jack it and drive away, and The first thing I did immediately was grab a golf club and beat the crap out of someone, and I thought it was hilarious. I was like, "This is this is so funny. It's like it's it's goofy. It's slapstick humor." So, and I would never do that in real life because I just have no desire. It sounds sick. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Oh well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Thanks. You would not want
2: to do it in real life. (laughs) I will. I will
0: take my gold medal there. I will. I will take my win.
2: Yeah, because there's real-world consequences. It's it's fun when there's no consequences. And now, look, we're getting Grand Theft Auto and VR coming up soon here, I think early 2022. So you better (laughs) believe I'll partake in that, but not in real life. Uh,
0: Too much fun. Okay, guys, we're going to move on to cars? Yes, sir. All right, so I think, Matt, you have the first one.
1: All right, so over the last week at the big climate conference that they had, I think it was COP26 is what it was. Yeah. But anyways, GM, Ford, and Mercedes all agreed to stop selling gas and diesel cars by 2040, which is pretty cool. But my main question here is, though, is like, does this include trucks? Are we still going to have diesel trucks?
0: Ford makes all their money off trucks. They don't make any money off their cars.
1: I mean, that was my thought, too. And like, I feel like... Converting all the cars over is like fairly easy. Everybody's already kind of pushing towards that. Everybody wants a Tesla, i.e. Joey. Yeah. <laughs> um but like I feel like trucks are gonna be slower to move over, especially since there's only one or two models out currently. Well, what if the so lightning flies straight. off the shelves? What
0: if it's like the biggest success of all time?
1: I mean, we'll see. I mean, then I think it'll be good and they'll maybe say that all vehicles that they're kicking out will be uh electric by 2040 but who knows
0: i think it's gonna take yeah i think it's gonna take one year of the lightning and seeing a couple like lifted jacked up lightnings that can literally power a house and i'm pretty sure all the car all the truck guys are going to convert because they're going to realize one they can now they can now beat pretty much any other car on the road with a couple small upgrades they're faster than everyone they can pull more than everyone and they don't have to drop a hundred dollars for gas every week (laughs) i think they're going to be all for it (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, think, I hope so. I think it's good. Yeah, you just the, get the biggest. The yeah. biggest
2: selling point is going to be: can they simulate the the smell and the, and the rumble of a nice big diesel engine? Mm. And then that'll yeah. that'll really get them.
0: You, you can't you can't make that up. BMW's trying <laughs> Sim,
1: simulate that no. electronically.
0: There's no. You, my, just,
1: you put one of them little uh, like Cinnabon smell things that <laughs> kicks out the yeah. Uh, yeah. the flavor or whatever around their stores because if you make it diesel. You put a little shaker inside the car that's basically a big subwoofer that vibrates it and plays uh, uh, diesel engine noises. I think all right, <laughs> yeah.
0: some people might go for that. That would be funny. If you can do it, I want to see it.
2: What's the company that pumps in like uh, or BMW? What, what use fake noise?
0: BMW does.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I sat do, in do something a little bit like
0: that. So the funny thing is they actually don't sound bad in the inside. I was disappointed that I liked it. And I sat in, it was a, like a 2019 probably 328i, which is a four-cylinder with a turbocharger. So arguably an engine that can never actually sound good ever. Uh, JDM guys, bite me, don't care. But so we took off and, you know, it was our good buddy that we know and threw it in sport mode. And we were going and I was like, wait a minute this sounds really good. It was like, I actually really like how this sounds from the inside. It doesn't sound like it's coming from the inside. It just feels natural. And then you hear it from the outside, and it doesn't sound like anything at all. Nada. So I'm kind of like halfway on board with that a little, sort of. Not really, but I didn't hate it.
1: That's my take. I'm totally on for it. I'm tired of the people who've got cars that are loud for the sake of being loud. Oh, I know yeah, it fart makes them happy, suck. so fine. Pump it on the interior. Make yourself happy. I just don't want to hear your garbage car that's not going fast. I understand if it's going fast and it's loud, but if it's not going anywhere, you're going 30 miles an hour, and it sounds that loud and that bad, I don't want to hear it. Pump it on the interior. I don't care.
0: I hadn't thought about that. I completely agree. Never mind. I'm on your side. It. Oh, God. The fart boxes are the worst. Ugh. Just terrible. They're so. Speaking of fart boxes, our next one we want to do is the Acura Integra. Uh, So that was a car that was pretty popular in the '90s. That was like your go-to JDM, which is Japanese Domestic Market. You'd grab this thing if you wanted something that you knew you could reliably crank a heck of a lot of power out of for pretty cheap. And um, I'm pretty bummed. I'm pretty bummed. This is uh, this comes hot on the doors of. uh, That's a pun right there. Uh, Hot on the doors or of several. Other releases we've seen in the past few years, such as the Toyota Supra, that were all in the Bronco, obviously, that were kind of disappointments, didn't really live up to their legendary name. This one is, uh, well, you go for it, Matt. You have opinions on it, too.
1: So, the companies are just taking nostalgic names, yep. slapping them on body models that they already have out with mild aesthetic differences, and trying to sell them that way, which I'm sure is working for them. There's plenty of people that'll just buy into that. But like yeah, but this new Integra, it's a it's essentially a four-door civic. Yep. And it's gonna cost ten thousand dollars more and people are gonna buy it just because it has Integra on it.
0: Yep. The other ones I can think of, like the Fiat one two four spider and the Mazda Miata, same exact car. There's actually no difference besides a couple like styling on the outside. And then the BMW Z four or no, I'm sorry, the Toyota Supra has an inline six BMW engine in it, which is like the ultimate crime for any
1: kind of car guy ever. Like you look at that and you're like,
0: <gasps> why have you done this?
1: Well, just look at the BRZ and the, Sion, or the, uh, yeah, the FRS. Yeah. They're all so they're the same the car, same exact car.
0: Yeah. They just rebadged them for like no reason. I don't, I do not understand why they did that, but same concept. You're right. And
1: the, what's the other one, the Toyota AE86, which was another one where they tried to bring back a nineties model. Mm hmm. Yeah,
0: it's true. It's, yeah, yeah. Our car people nostalgia kills me. Okay, well, we can move on from that one. That's all I had to say. It's got you put it on here, four doors, and it looks like a Honda Civic that just costs more money, which is an absolute nothing against Honda Civics. I actually think they're terrific, fantastic cars, and you've got one. I have no beef with you. They're great, but don't call something something it isn't. It's a pain, and it makes us with o- It makes all of us with OCD very upset.
1: I agree. But move on to the happier note next. Yes. It'll make everybody happy. This
0: is great. I love that they were doing this, and I actually learned something reading about this. So the F-150 Lightning is going to be the first truck, not first car, first truck, to offer bi-directional charging, which means, and we've talked about how it can power your house before, which is, so that's how this does this. It can take charge from something and give charge back to it. I love this. I don't know the physics. I don't know the electronics and how it works, but that's, what, that's one of the big selling points was like, look, if your house loses power... You can literally charge and power your house with your truck. That's badass. That is awesome. So, when I heard about this, I said, wow, this has to be the first car that has ever been able to do this. Nope, not true. Apparently, the Nissan Leaf has, uh, has had that technology for, um, for 10 years. <laughs> you know, the Japanese are very, very smart with their technology. Their cars are usually incredibly, one, simple, and two, fantastically designed. Just wonderful. It doesn't surprise me at all that they've had this technology for a lot longer. But my problem with the Nissan Leaf, and I do, I, I am going to I am gonna go for this. It is one of the ugliest cars on the planet. It's hideous. If you drive one, I'm sorry, it's hideous. It's boring. And it looks like a turd. But so if they had maybe designed a really good looking car that was super fast and cool and could do awesome stuff, this technology would, be, would have come and been more mainstream much quicker just because we're super simple creatures.
1: Yeah, I think it's great, especially for areas like here in Florida. We get hurricanes, we lose power for three days. I'm going to leave my F-150 in the driveway and plug into it like it's a generator, run my refrigerator, and whatever else I can so that way I don't have to worry and buy an actual generator, which costs hundreds of dollars and just sits in your garage uh, yeah. 12 months of the year, essentially. Yeah,
0: and then everyone runs out of, like, they run out of generators because everyone just buys it up, and then they buy gas, and then we have gas shortages, and we have big issues, blah, 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 and, and on, so on and so forth. But I wonder how much power it can charge out. To a how like how could it keep your house on for a day without dying? I don't really know. And it it sucks charge from your truck, so you have to be pretty careful. You, you suck your truck dry, and what do you do? Maybe I guess then the power comes on and you charge it back up. But uh.
1: I assume it's probably the equivalent time. I mean, if you can drive let's say three hundred miles, which is if we equate it to sixty miles an hour, that's five hours worth. Then maybe you can have everything running for five hours, depending on like. If you're using the same amount of power it take to drive the truck,
0: it's a good point. Then I don't know. There's so many outside factors like wind and resistance and all that stuff that have factored into how far a car can go on a certain charge. So I, th- I said we leave it to smarter people. I agree. <laughs> yeah, it works. <laughs> okay. I think that wraps up car stuff. We had three good ones there. All right. We're going to move on to finance, investment, and world stuff. And I have a fun one for you guys. So, Belarus, the country, they are having a big problem right now that. I can't believe we're not talking about a little bit more. And their president, the current president of Belarus has been dubbed as Europe's last dictator. Like that quote, that's not a good thing at all. So my immediate thought was, all right, it's Walmart brand, great value, Vladimir Putin. And uh, so this is crazy. This dude hijacked a plane in May, like actively hijacked a plane to arrest a journalist who spoke out against him that's nuts. (laughs) Like, If that happened in the United States, can you imagine the political (laughs) poop storm that would happen? (laughs) That is insane if a politician did that. And he's currently threatening to stop the entire flow of gas into greater Europe from their country. And over 20% of all of their, like, Europe's (laughs) gas comes straight through Belarus, through, uh, uh, I'm sorry, comes from Russia, through Belarus. So, Europe is already really struggling with their gas prices right now. They just can't get the supply they need. This would be pretty bad for them, and so I I cannot believe we're not talking about this a little more. So I was wondering, would those price increases trickle over to us, or are we separate from that? I don't
1: know. I feel like we've got to be separate. I mean, our gas prices they they're they're not great right now, but like they're not Europe level prices, which. Also, doesn't make sense to me. They're a whole hell of a lot closer to the Middle East and Saudi Arabia where we get our gas. Yeah. So Why I was thinking. they just get it?
0: Well, we have pipelines like all throughout. You have to look at the, uh, I, forget what, I forget what you'd call it. But if you look up a map basically of all the pipelines that run through the U.S., it's like a massive spider web. So we, we do produce a bunch of our own. But at the same time, I don't want to misreport. I don't know enough about it to really go into it. I just, I was curious. I had that question.
2: Yeah, I feel like the demand for gas isn't as high in in Europe either in most places like think about the way their their life in cities is set up if if you live around London or France or Paris I mean Barcelona everything you needs in walking distance and I know those are major cities compared to our major cities but I feel like that's a, a lot of life over there or even think of just like little cities in Italy I mean you don't necessarily need a car to get around you can walk down to the market and get your bread and, and your cheese and then walk back home uh i mean i don't know i feel like you need like in america you need a car and if you don't have a car then you need public transportation yeah i feel like in europe you could probably get by without
0: no i, I agree with you I, I don't live in europe and i haven't i haven't been in europe long enough to definitively mm-hmm. say this but i do think that their cultural difference is a little bit better than ours as far as their transportation
1: yeah and their whole like civil engineering, how they planned everything is fantastic and better for the world. Because like Joey said, you can walk or get on a scooter or a bike and go to wherever you need to. And that's one of the major problems we have in the U S when we kick out so much like carbon emissions is because like you said, everyone has to own a car. We've got what's called urban sprawl where prices are so high in the city. We don't build upwards as much as they do over there. We tend to like kind of have everybody having single a story homes that spread out over distances so like everybody lives in suburbs you've got to commute 45 minutes an hour into work there they walk 15 minutes so it's a lot easier and they don't have as much missions and i really hope we switch over to that over time well i don't know
0: if you've heard but owning a home is the american dream and joey just accomplished it kind of
2: yeah no it's fun it's all good fun but now you know then you can't just get a job offer and move across the country. So goods and bads.
0: Yep. Oh, well, okay. Ready for the next one.
1: Mm-hmm. Sweet.
0: We're taking it back over to the United States for a minute. So the company lucid, which we've talked about a little bit, they just overtook Ford on Tuesday in uh, in market value. Overall, <laughs> their share price multiplied by market cap or uh, multiplied by outstanding shares to, to the market. So all, all I could think of was like, this is the most clear sign of an overpriced company on the planet. You might be able to argue that Tesla's there because their share price is ridiculous, but this little company that just came out and has only delivered a few hundred little electric cars is not <laughs> producing more than Ford. <laughs> like, they're just not. So I... Uh, it's, it. It's never been clear that there's this is overpriced and doesn't make any sense. But that's the world we live in. Everything's kind of overpriced and doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I don't know what to do. I was almost tempted to go in there and be like, all right, I'm going to go short a bunch. I, Full disclosure, I do own some lucid chairs and I made a little bit of money off them, had a good time doing it. And I was sitting there thinking, looking at it, I was like, well, I should short this on the way down. But then at the same time, you have that stupid little nag in your brain that says, well, nothing actually makes sense. So you putting logic into this is probably the bad move.
2: Yeah. I mean, Tesla has been since recent events, when Elon did his dump off <laughs> before that, they, they were overvalued. I mean, since before they even turned a profit. So, I mean, nothing ever makes sense, especially in this space. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, could Lucid be the next Tesla that just stays overvalued forever and ever and ever until they're, figurehead decides to tweet out a poll asking the public whether or not he should sell off his shares
0: i don't even know who the ceo is so yeah they they had a consolidation so now they're only trading at like what 30 times earnings or something like that
2: i i only 30 times (laughs) i I,
0: I don't i don't know if that's true or not but i know it's
1: that i don't know it's crazy
0: i just wanted to touch on it i thought it was funny it's goofy and it makes no sense
1: I feel it's like, like everything. Ford is doing something seriously wrong here because, like, I feel like every single electric car company that comes out right now, an article comes out within the next few years. They're doing better than Ford. Like that. That's just like the barely like.
0: It's been that way for you've many created years. You an electric
1: car company and kick something out, and it's like immediate headline. They're better than Ford. They're worth more. Yeah. Like. Yeah.
0: No, you're right. You're you're absolutely right. It is it is literally a headline designed to generate clicks. And I remember this because for whatever reason Ford stock price just never does well on the long term it's or maybe maybe that could be wrong but they've never done well they've always screwed me over
2: so that's all i can
0: think about <laughs> as a ford owner yeah.
2: <laughs> like. i feel like they just have too too long of a trail like like a new company comes out it's new shiny they don't have as many they might have a lot of liabilities in debt but like they don't have as much i don't know poor press poor history uh these companies don't have any gas-powered vehicles that could end up becoming obsolete eventually. It's just, I don't know. Ford has such a long and storied track record and uh, such a wider wingspan, I guess you could say.
0: And they sell globally. Uh, they have their cars all over the world.
2: Yeah, it's just... I feel like whenever one of these new companies pop up like lucid it's just the the shiny new bright toy that every 16 year old wants to throw their money at but no one wants to throw their money at you know boring old ford
0: yeah well now you have the ability to throw your money at it like it's never been easier to invest your money in a company you know nothing about yeah it's true (laughs) oh well okay ready to do real estate Go for it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be quick because we have other stuff to cover. So the first one I want to do is we're just going to call this episode the Ohio Special. That's what it's going to be. Um, <laughs> Foxconn, which is the company that owns... Uh, wait, do they own... Those? I, I can't remember. This is bad reporting. Either way, they're planning to buy the Lordstown Motors plant in Ohio for $230 million. And they're working out a partnership between those... Yeah, that's what it is. They're working out a partnership between those two companies, um, themselves and Lordstown Motors, which was a semi-failed, uh, electric car company that was in the news a lot earlier this year. They had a bunch of fraud stuff. G- they were basically riding on the wings of GM for a while. And then GM found out what they were doing, which was some shady stuff. And they didn't have the money they said they did. They weren't producing what they said and they got kind of shuttered up. So that's why you don't see them in the news much anymore. And my, this is just a thought I had. I don't even know if it's worth putting in there. I said, Lordstown Motors is actually named after Lordstown, Ohio. And for some reason that actually makes me like the company less. I don't know. I don't maybe I'm biased against Ohio for no reason at all, but like I thought it was I thought some I thought it was like a last name of somebody. It was like Lordstown Motors. That's kind of a mouthful, but it's kind of a cool name. Now I know it's named after a town. I don't really like it as much.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't I I didn't think it was too catchy to begin with, but cuz yeah. cuz think of all these other companies you got them up against Tesla. That's a cool name. Mm-hmm. Nikola Cool name, Lucid. Cool name, awesome. Even, um, what's the one? It's like Polar. It's one of the Polestar. Yeah, Polestar. Cool name. Yeah,
0: Karma, which we're gonna talk about next.
2: Yeah, all Another awesome cool names. Name. This is Lordstown. Maybe, maybe their issue is, <laughs> it, you know, too many syllables. But then Tesla's two syllables. But I guess Lordstown, you know, you could be tricked into thinking it's two words. Someone just needs to be better at their job. I think.
1: Yep, marketing Branding. not on point. Yeah. To continue with the uh, Ohio-hating theme, I think it's just we don't hate Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> we
0: don't hate Ohio. We just it's the Ohio special <laughs> episode. We're actually giving them a highlight, and the um, you know, the Bureau of Tourism should give us a call and sponsor us.
2: <laughs> they should. You're welcome, Bureau of Tourism. We're doing your job for you.
0: I will rep Ohio if it makes me money.
1: Feel Good Finance, sponsored by the State Ohio, of Ohio <laughs> Bureau of Tourism. I swear <laughs> it's not as bad by as the you state think. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be so much fun.
0: Okay, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because more Ohio news. All right, so the next one is great, and we're going to be done with real estate. We're getting a Karma dealership here in Jacksonville, and I am thrilled. I know exactly where it is, and it's like a super old building. Kind of weird. It's not at all what I would ever expect, like a hot, young electric car. I guess they're not young, but. Like a hot cool california car company to be doing moving into like a sixteen thousand square foot space that used to be like a furniture shop it's kind of weird and apparently the company was deciding between us and tampa and we won so suck it tampa you know the bucks are way better than the jags and it is what it is but we got really cool car dealership and you did not we're actually the fifth car dealership in florida they have it's like naples uh which makes sense Fort Lauderdale, which makes sense. I think Greater Miami, which makes sense. Orlando, and then us. So, yeah, I actually got that right. I wasn't sure I was going to remember it. But and the big argument here uh, between whether or not to be excited about this is everyone said, well, it's just another Tesla, right? And they came out and said, they twisted their mustache and chuckled and said, no, we are way fancier. We are the luxury electric car brand. And it's true. Tesla is... You know they're kind of branding themselves for like the everyday everyman. These start at eighty five thousand dollars minimum, and they go all the way up to one hundred and thirty five. But they are sexy. You have to take a look at it. It's yeah, it's like Mercedes meets Tesla meets. It. They're just beautiful cars, and I would love to take
2: a drive in one. You got to convince one of your parents to trade the Tesla in for one of these.
0: Yeah. Good luck with that. No way. That's so much money. Jeez. <laughs> uh
1: So they've been out like a long while because they were originally not Karma. They were Fisker because they're created by Heinrich Fisker. That's right. And something happened. The company kind of failed. And then they were like, they rebranded. And the car they originally had was the Fisker Karma. And they just became Karma. Right. And they've got like a few different models out now. But I think they're like three of the exact same things, but just at different levels. And they're really interesting. I've seen one of the original Fisker Karmas. They look really cool. They like, do. really, really awesome. They're cool. I want to drive one. But, like, I'm not sure how, like, how much of an effect they're going to have because I haven't heard anything other than this about them in years.
0: Yeah. So, well, it's because you can only get them in California and no one wants to go to California. So, yeah, I mean, now if you can get them, in, well, apparently you've been able to get them in Florida for a while. I just didn't know that. And. I don't know. The Karma Rivero was the last one. This one they're calling like the GS6 or something, which in my opinion is a terrible car name. So we'll see how that goes.
2: But I retract my statement after seeing the interior of the Karma Rivero. I am still a Tesla guy. Keep your Teslas, Uncle John and Aunt Jill. Really? I think
0: it's beautiful inside. Nope. It's, it's less nope. simple.
2: I am a Tesla man through and through. I cannot change my mind. Yeah, Tesla's got to fix their seats, though. Their seats are just not
0: great. They're they're very basic sedan seats. They don't hug you at all. Though I guess that's probably different for the Plaid. Oh, well. Okay, we can move on from that one. Uh, Do we want to hit crypto real quick?
1: If you want... Uh... It's up to you. Go for it if you want.
0: Okay. The only one I want to touch on, then we're going to move on because Matt, you got all your medical stuff to do. Uh, So the city of Miami announced that, the mayor announced that they're going to actively give citizens a Bitcoin yield as a life dividend. They have not released like crazy details to my knowledge, but I have so many questions. First one is, is the city paying for it? do they own the thing and are they like giving you the yield that they earn on it do they have it parked somewhere else and are earning a yield to pass to the people there's there's a lot of really complicated questions that need to be answered and asked here that don't make any sense do i need to prove that i'm a citizen of miami can i visit get a license plate and then just like rake in the cash and screw the city because i hate that city sorry i don't like miami it's Way too much for me. Do you need to have a specific wallet? Is it taxed on the local level? And what's even the point? So that is my overload of questions. I have no idea how they're going to do it. It's a wild idea. Andrew Yang out there is thrilled.
2: I'm going to say, of all cities, why Miami?
0: America?
2: I I said the same thing. I was like, that is not
0: that is the one city I did not think was actually going to do that. I would have pinged like New York or San Francisco to do that first.
2: Yeah, and I. I don't. I don't want to do too much Miami slander here this episode. I'll but. Send her, I don't like
0: Miami. I'm, I'm vocal with it.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know you're a Miami hater. It's but.
0: a mean city. All right. You know what? Yeah. Not like right, not like good old Ohio. Down. Good old Ohio. The people all nice out
2: there. <laughs> In and out those dividends. <laughs> Bitcoin yields as dividends to. Uh them good old country boys in Ohio.
0: Yeah, you could be like, yeah, so what's your what's your crypto wallet? My what?
2: <laughs> Which
0: does not go well. Not go well. Okay, either way, we can do do without more of the slander. Let's move on. Matt, you're up.
1: All right, so cool in the medical field. Uh, scientists are they're out collecting and genoming information from endangered species to start, but they're eventually trying to do it with like as many species as possible. They're going to put it in a giant uh, digital database. And the basic reason for this is is that they want to be able to recreate these creatures later on when we get better technology. Uh, If they go extinct or anything else happens, we need to boost their population, whatever it may be. Dinosaurs. And I am so ready for Jurassic Park in real life.
0: Dinosaurs. 100%. All the way. Let's do it right now.
1: We're going to have woolly mammoths, T-Rex, pterodactyls, yep. raptors running around just because we somehow got their information out of a little mosquito in a thing of uh, amber, and all of a sudden we got dinosaurs, baby. I-,
0: I want it. The new movie's coming out soon. I can't wait. I love Jurassic World and Jurassic Park.
1: Yeah, it it'll be cool, but definitely let's put it on an island that's way away from every <laughs> yeah, other piece of land. Yeah, like, let's I think it that's somewhere probably else. the best idea.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't I don't really want life size
1: packs of velociraptors running around. That'd be terrible. Yeah, it's not sticking in Ohio. No. <laughs> not Ohio. <laughs> we can't ruin our corn stocks more than we
0: already have. No. Oh man. I'm gonna see if there's a way for me to invest in the in the state of Ohio. I just just for the memes, just for the memes. <laughs>
2: Have the two of you learned nothing from one of the greatest Pittsburghers of all time, Jeff Goldblum? No. Life Is he really from Pittsburgh? Way. <laughs> Life finds a way. If we start this shit. We're going to end up with – you've seen the movies. They were on an island, too, and guess what? By the third movie, the Lost Raptors ended up in New York City.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> it will find
2: a way. We should go far away from this. We've
0: glossed over something very important. Jeff Goldblum's from uh, Pittsburgh?
2: Oh, yeah. He is a Pittsburgh native, born and raised. That's amazing. I did not know
0: that. That's We have a Jeff
2: Goldblum Day here in the city. (laughs) No way. (laughs) (laughs) That's unbelievable. put his face up everywhere. I forget when when we celebrate it, but it is a day.
0: That sounds like such a Florida thing. I love that we're not the only crazy state.
2: (laughs) And of all people, Jeff Goldblum. I mean, you pick a better person.
0: Yeah, how could you hate him? He's fantastic. Did you watch the thing he did on Disney Plus?
2: oh no I didn't what what was it
0: he had some it was as soon as Disney Plus launched like two years yeah. ago he did like some history of how things work and I don't I don't know but it accent, was yeah. it's, he's just fun to watch like he just looks like a good guy
2: yeah I just like to hear him talk he could ramble about paint drying and I would listen to it
0: so he actually voices the uh, the Jurassic World video game that came out several years ago and for that pure reason it's entertaining like just because it's him <laughs> oh well I like him. So let's do Florida man of the day or no way you're still going. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. I just had a quick side note. So based off this, like hold them like genoming animals and that type of thing, like the price to get your genome has gone way, way down. It used to be like over a hundred thousand dollars. Like obviously it took us years or maybe even decades to, uh, the whole human genome. And so it used to be over a hundred thousand dollars. And now it's just anywhere from one to $10,000 to get a genome done. So, like, this kind of really, like, begs the question for me is, like, as this comes down more and more, like, are the rich or even average people going to get genomes done? And, like, what can they do with this information? Question. How long until
0: Elon Musk has a dinosaur? He will be the first one to do it.
1: Tesla dinosaurs are going to happen. It's going to happen.
0: Yep, yep. He's going to create his own dinosaur and call it Teslasaur
1: when you uh, get your uh, tesla roadster it comes with your own velociraptor
0: oh my gosh i could see mark zuckerberg doing a metasaur
1: maybe maybe it'll just be for the rich and famous you can get your own dinosaur i would love
0: that oh man that's so much fun okay well either way ready to move on yep i just don't want to i don't want to run too long i hate cutting you off because that's all really good stuff and i you know love dinosaurs it's
2: okay. Last okay. bit on it, Jeff Goldblum Day is July 13th, if anyone wants to celebrate. Oh,
0: he's uh, close enough to my <laughs> birthday. It's good. We'll mm-hmm. just, we'll, we can just celebrate the same day. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. We, uh, I, I wanted to do another Florida Man. I, I think the Florida Man of the day is just hilarious. So this was, I don't know how many years ago it was, but it's great. The title of the article is Lakeland Man, which is, that's a central Florida, Hillsborough County. Lakeland man who strapped utility pole to roof of car on I-4 charged with grand theft. So you got to look this up. It's incredible or I'll link it or something like that. But it's a 1997 Toyota Camry with like the worst beige, not beige, like a reddish maroon color. And he's got one of these ginormous poles twice as long as the car (laughs) strapped to the top. And the picture of the dude is nuts, dude. I'm just, oh yeah, he's definitely on something. But apparently... This is not the first time something like this has happened for this
1: guy. <laughs>
0: he would, he would go around, he would steal um, stuff like this, and then go to recycling plants and try to sell it for scrap money. And I, that's like the funniest thing to get caught for. <laughs> he stole a utility pole and strapped it to his '97 Toyota Camry.
1: That's Florida entrepreneurism for you. If anything,
0: a <laughs> yeah, utility pole doesn't sound big. It's ginormous. <laughs> it's huge.
1: It looks like a battering yeah. ram. I'm assuming he's just helping out the county. It had to be laying just on the side of the road. I mean, unless this dude like knocked it over or chopped it down and then picked it up and put it on his car. But like, maybe he's just helping out with the disposal of it for the county. I mean, it might be a good thing.
0: I actually, I'm actually pretty sure that that's exactly what he said too. What was it? Um, oh shoot. Yep, says, uh, the driver then drove with the pole loaded on the roof of his car to a recycling facility on Harney Road. When he got there, troopers say he was turned away because he didn't have proper documentation for the equipment. (laughs) So he got there and was like, hey, what can I sell this for? And they said, what are you doing?
1: (laughs) It's like, you can't do this. (laughs) What a mess. I mean, I've been to one of these recycling plants before as part of a class in college, and like they're big industrial places and normally you got like big, huge trucks rolling up with whatever, like the guys that roll around the neighborhood with a uh, trailer behind them, picking up washers and dryers and that type thing to go sell for scrap, that type thing. But like, I, I can't imagine this little Camry rolling in with <laughs> electric pole strapped to the top of it. Like I'm here to sell it. Let's go. I It's something you'd
0: say on I4 and just say, all right, well only in Florida. So that's my contribution. <laughs> all righty. We're ready to wrap up. Yep. Fantastic. So, as always, if you have anything, submissions.feelgoodfinance at gmail.com. Otherwise, we're going to be seeing you on Friday.
2: Yep, we shall see you Friday. See you Friday, everyone.